Alpha Sessions with Alan Joyce. Well, this is the Alpha Sessions, and I am very pleased to be joined by our special guest today, which is Ella Clayton. Welcome Hello. to the studio. Thank you for having me. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here, and it really is a special day because as we're recording this, today is the launch date of your new album, which is yeah. brilliant. So, well, the first part of my new album. The yeah. first part of the new album, exactly, and you've released four tracks yeah. um, on the album so far, mm-hmm. with more to come. And the album is called Murmurations, which is an amazing title Thank me, you. for an album, <laughs> um, and it is obviously one of the tracks that's from the album as well mm-hmm. so tell us a little bit about the story behind the single and, and the title well the single the song came first um and it's it's a sort of letter to someone that you'd never send um and very much like rooted in brighton mm. i used to live in brighton and throughout the winter um above the old pier you see starlings do this amazing sort of aerial dance which is called murmurations um and brighton in the winter can be quite bleak <laughs> that's like a, a real you know um lifeline me and my friend used to sort of just go and sit on the beach in the evenings and just watch it and um so it's nostalgic and it's um full of yearning <laughs> and not regret but just yeah the idea of things that you didn't say Hmm. Um, and maybe, maybe regret, but um, also there's a sense of like things working out as they should, um, you know. So then the uh, the reason I I love the word just sonically, like the, you know the, yeah. the sound of Intriguing it. Intriguing word, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then also I was thinking because I didn't set about initially writing an album. Um, it just happened that I had songs building that mm. seemed to work really well together um, and so I thought as a title for the album it was it was appropriate because um, you know each song's like a little piece of myself mm. and then it forms in this one kind of collective thing like the birds right. <laughs> so the birds like are all it. like individual things and they yeah. come together and make this you know and I also put on um, some shows some gigs under the mm. same name and um we made uh, a lyric video, me and my friend uh, Rachel Winton, who's a very talented mm. visual artist. Um, so it's it's sort of like, yeah, these disparate pieces that come together and form a whole thing. And you obviously say this is part one, so you're going yeah. to sort of add soft to the launch. album. A soft launch, <laughs> I like it. I like it. So uh, do you already know the other songs that are going to be part of the album? And, and sort of as you started to form this album, did you then write specifically for the album? Or was it a case of bringing together other pieces of work that you've been working on um so i recorded the whole thing with um a producer called lester salmons uh and we started in around 2020 properly like recording with other musicians um really talented friends of his and uh they're all they're all written and recorded and nearly all mixed and mastered mm. um but yeah no as I, I sort of as i say like started just writing songs and then realized that they all came from a sort of similar place um but i i haven't written intentionally for i haven't been like oh okay i need one more song let mm. me let me write one mm. <laughs> they just sort of you know come naturally and then you know, it's like what to do with them and you talked about the title track am mm. i right in saying that you actually had sort of some of your friends help you write the lyrics to that track as well yeah i think there's um there's a danger with trying to sort of 
you know, be tell the truth about something. Um, and I started with quite a specific experience and um, thinking about a specific person. And I just got stuck because it's, you know, as I say, it's difficult trying to do justice to something that's, you know. So I often find, um, you know, leaving breadcrumbs of truth, but having a slight fictional or, or more broad um, narrative helps people to relate to songs as well. Yeah. And yeah, I, I lived with um, three wonderful girls at the time and just asked them what they'd say to that person because, mm. you know, we all have one. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, you know, unfinished business or whatever. Um, and they talked for a while and I just wrote things down and then that really spurred. Mm. Just the song was really easy to write after mm. that. And it was quite an interesting way of doing it. And I have I have done it since. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, interesting. yeah. Yeah. And do you find that writing for yourself, um, do you find that quite therapeutic as Absolutely. well? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, completely. It's um, it's always been a, I can't really do anything else. You know, yeah. just like if I have something that I, that weighs heavy or that I'm trying to work out, um, there's something incredibly like cathartic and mm. and therapeutic yeah about and actually even just playing because um you know I, I don't really meditate but when I'm concentrating on playing guitar and singing you can't think about anything else so mm. it, it you do end up in a sort of meditative state yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or at least a really like mindful you know um so yeah music other people's music as well has mm. always had an incredibly like important and therapeutic role in my life and I guess I guess I always find this with artists that when you're sharing something so personal like mm. that how do you feel when you're having to perform that to the first time to to a, an audience do you feel that sort of pressure or do you hope that they'll just get something personal for them from it rather than hearing your story yeah that's interesting I think um I definitely try when I'm performing to find that emotional place and some, so, like, if it's a sad song, that can be um, quite intense sometimes. Mm. But in terms of anticipating the audience's reaction, I tend to just have a little bit of distance from that, really, because I know what it means to me, but people listening are bound to have mm. different takes on it, and it becomes their version, you know? So yeah. after I've written it and, and it's done, it's then, you know, it's not really mine anymore. Yeah in that way which I really like and again when I listen to um, other people's music like I have my own theories and mm. like understandings of what mm. they're talking about and it strikes chords within me so I just hope that that it strikes chords within other people too really. I mean it definitely does I have to say when I was listening to the tracks uh, this morning as I came in and I was listening to some of your music last night it is you're one of those artists that you really stop to listen to every word oh, I mean it's, it's beautiful poetry anyway but I can imagine being in one of those sort of uh, folk bars where everyone is like pin drop silent and everyone <laughs> listening to every word that you say and um, yeah. I hope that's the experience that you do get when you yeah. when you gig sometimes uh, yeah, yeah yeah I mean that is the that is the optimum yeah you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, definitely there have been there have been some really great gigs, um, and even when people are talking, there's always one or two that are just sort of fixated, yeah. you know, and yeah. um, come up afterwards and say, you know, that it impacted them. So yeah, yeah. Well, we'll talk more about the gig stuff later on. But in terms of then bringing this album together, t tell us about some of the people that you worked on it with with you in terms of musicians and the producing team that you were talking about. So um, Lester. 
got in touch with me when I was like in my third year of uni and just reached out and said that he'd be really up for sort of collaborating and and that he had a studio um, and would I like to come and do some demos so that's how it started and I don't think either of us anticipated that there'd be an album (laughs) at the end of it but slowly we were like okay no that that one's got to be in it and that one's you know and um and then he is in a band called the odd 910 with Jade Fabs and Alex and um they're all like remarkable musicians and so he got Fabs and Alex to come in and and play the rhythm section and we it was in the summer of 2020 so it was like a weird time and it was the first session we'd done that year any of us um and particularly them they're like you know they they do a lot of sessions with mm. with different artists and stuff so it was quite a special day and mm. it was also really like tropical stormy it was boiling hot and mm. then at one point it just like you know like huge dollops of rain yeah. <laughs> um and we recorded i think like four or five songs that day and the energy in those recordings is just it's mm. so exciting um and that's what lester and i really connected on is that um we both really appreciate when recordings sound like you're in the room and there's that live mm. quality, there's that rawness. Mm. It's not necessarily like perfect takes, mm. um, but the energy is there. And I think that's, I mean, it made life a lot harder for him, but we, we played them all live. So um, right. so the drums were set up and Lester and I were in the mixing room. He's on bass and um, Alex was in the other little studio bit, but we were all mm. connected and, mm. and we were like, okay, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> so it took quite a few sort of, tries and and they were all worked sort of writing the drum parts and the um and the bass lines and everything as we went um but yeah no fantastic and then and then Lester mixes you know as mm. he as he goes and then does yeah he's a whiz so what's the plan for the rest of the album is there is there like a release plan that you've got over the coming weeks and months as to when the rest of it's going to come out yes so um the first part is four songs and then in around six weeks the um part two will come out and that will be four new songs mm-hmm. but sort of added on to the so it will be an eight yeah. track physical thing yeah um or digital <laughs> and then uh shortly after that another four will make up a full-length album yeah. so it will, it will appear as a you know cover and 12 songs yeah um and then i have a album launch headline show booked at the waiting room mm-hmm. Um, on the 29th of September. So that's going to be a full band. Um, it's my first proper headline, really, but like first proper band show as well. And really excited about that. It's yeah. going to be brilliant. Um, we haven't confirmed who's supporting yet, but it's sure to be a really special night.
I've been catching traces of your face in different places where they don't belong. And I know you were in town lately for a weekend by the sea, but you didn't call me. And did you see the starlings' murmurations by the pier as the sun set in? Cause I've been waiting tables and whenever I am able to I drift away Rehearse, replay All the things I didn't say Maybe it's better that way So you moved away, Paris, you say, but ain't it burning? Ain't it funny how the world is turning? Time the tyrant's trumpet blurred in marching line. Cause I've been waiting tables, saving pennies since last April, and I dream the day away. Rehearse, replay all the things I didn't say. Maybe it's better that way. And time is evil And all the beautiful people around And I'm wretched, burned out All rags and misery Whoa, woe is me And it's all the things I didn't say all the ways I made you pay and all the reasons it's still raining And time is evil and all the beautiful people are And I'm wretched, burned out all rags and misery Wow is me And it's all the things I didn't say All the ways I made you pain All the reasons it's still raining Well maybe it's better that way 
The Alpha Sessions with Alan Joyce. So let's take you back to the start of the journey then, how it all started. Um, was music always part of your life and was it part of your family? Yeah, 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 yeah. So my uh, parents met in a in a band in like a cover neither of them are like professional Irony, musicians yeah. but they but they do um they used to well yeah they used to play in bands and just always playing music in my dad's basement has been like a part of our family's way of connecting with each other yeah. and my brother plays keys and so it's like a little yeah. <laughs> cheesy family band <laughs> um but yeah no I used to play in like um sort of folk pubs when I was eight I used to sing you know um and then choirs and um all sort of things like that when I was younger younger and then I sort of stopped when I was like 14 um and then had a little I I still would play but I I I wasn't sort of trying to perform hmm. um I got all shy <laughs> oh really as teenagers do yeah yeah, yeah. um and then yeah, when I was at uni, I just, I, I guess it was the prospect of not doing music. And it was just like, oh my God, no, I need to, yeah. this is like my, I will die unhappy if I don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> try and pursue this. That's... So yeah, and started writing with purpose mm. in that way. Yeah. So so who were your musical influences growing up? Who would you listen to? Um, so my dad is a massive sort of country and rock fan um Joni Mitchell was always playing and other incredible female singers like Joni um Janis Joplin and uh Dolly Parton you yeah. know love yeah. her Dolly um my mum is a, is more like soul singer vibes so lots of Aretha Franklin and Etta James and Donny Hathaway and so like there were I was exposed to a lot of like incredible vocalists um and then I guess sort of when you carve your own path in in your music taste sort of like 14 15 I don't know maybe a bit younger but um it's really into like Bon Iver and and all of those sort of teenage angst like oh it's so melancholic and deep and I feel it (laughs) um but yeah all sorts really I, I I listen to a huge range of music like you know well, it's interesting that you mentioned those artists because as I was listening yesterday, mm. I was thinking in my mind that your sound is very, very soulful, but then mm. Joni Mitchell sprung to mind as well. So obviously yeah. all those influences have come out. Yeah, I'd say it's like rooted in folk, but definitely I feel quite constricted by that mm. genre title, yeah. you know, and it's like, yeah, it's definitely got branches. Yeah. And your bio says that you're a storyteller and yeah. a sing- singer-songwriter. So so did storytelling come first before the music or was well, that I guess that's your... what I'm always doing in my yeah. in my songs. Yeah. Um you know, I always try and like set a scene and and tell a story. Um but yeah, always I've been writing like little I I just I just like words. Mm, yeah. <laughs> a lot. So um Do you find though that the story or the the lyrics always come before the music? Is that the way you would write normally? Most of the time, yeah. but not always. Okay. Not always. Um but yeah, a, lo- <clears throat> a lot of the time I'll have a a little um sort of like vignette image or something, you know, mm. and then and then work from that and um but sometimes it's totally the opposite way. I'm mm. quite a chaotic songwriter in lots of ways. Like I'll have a sort of note on a scrap of paper that I'll find a little while later and be like oh I yeah. wrote that that's yeah. good you know and then <laughs> come back to it I've tried doing the phone thing 
but um, as in writing notes on your phone. Oh, I'm, right, I'm yeah. no good at that. I yeah. lose phones or break them and then, you know, it's <laughs> gone and it's like, I just like writing things down properly. Yeah. yeah. Do you find that if, do you put aside time specifically to songwrite or is it more a case of as an idea comes into your head, you're like, right, now let's write a song? Yeah, I mean, d- like, sometimes inspiration strikes and you know it's just like stopping in the middle of the street (laughs) not very much uh but yeah no I I especially um in more recent times I try and um like work on it as a practice because it is it's a muscle that Mm. you you know um do you remember the first song that you wrote oh god yeah I think it was um with my cousin my nana died when we were five right. and we wrote a song it's like there's an angel walking in the sky and performed it <laughs> yeah for our did you? Brilliant. <laughs> but always you know I, I didn't really think of myself as a songwriter um and then at uni when I was like starting to write the, some of these songs that are on this um first album I was like oh my yeah I've written loads like they're, they're not they're not great but like you know um I'd write songs for my friends and um I think it's just always been really satisfying, almost like a pattern, like when you when you fit words to a melody and it and they resonate with each other and it, mm. and it's rhythmic. It's mm. it's like a yeah compulsive thing yeah. almost yeah. That, I, that I've always done, you know. And you mentioned that obviously you were working on a lot of these songs back in 2020, which yeah. obviously was an interesting year for yeah. for everyone really, but especially for the music industry. And therefore, obviously that year, rather than doing live gigs, you were doing a lot of the sort of Facebook live gigs, yeah, which a lot which of people were doing. And I did. I was watching some of them last night. And and can I just say, like, the reaction from those is amazing. Like, you Aww. were having five, six thousand odd people. Like, I mean, imagine like what sort of arena you could have like with all that. I mean, that's that's quite incredible, isn't it? Reaching out to that many people in one go. Did you think about that at the time or not? Yeah, but it was so weird. You know, like I was just in my bedroom uh, with my phone set up. I'm awful at technology as well. So there'd be like a good couple of minutes at the beginning where I'm like, Rrr. Sorry, guys. Just gonna put up the link. You know, <laughs> that's the charm of it, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then you know, get really into a song and sort of forget where I was, and then and then I'd be like, okay, so um, <laughs> all right, the next song is. <laughs> but no, definitely, it was it was all we had at the yeah. Well, what I had at the moment at that time, and um, in terms of like sharing music and connecting with people, mm. and got involved with some really cool um, like music groups, I guess you know who I've who have worked with since yeah. um so yeah no I, I really I really appreciate all of those I was gonna say it's become a big thing hasn't it I mean a lot of people now use twitch for example where yeah. they're doing sort of weekly or even in some cases daily streams because it right. clearly works for them because they can reach such a big audience yeah. that way and you were getting amazing comments like you know sometimes 100 200 odd comments from mm. your music so um yeah I guess that must have been quite encouraging it was yeah. obviously a very different vibe to not have the sort of live interaction and applause and stuff but yeah do you, would you consider going back to do any more of that stuff or would you stick to just live stuff now I mean definitely wouldn't swap out live yeah. music, live performances for um streams entirely but yeah you know if, if there was I've seen um so like Big Thief did a for their um album release they did a sort of live stream concert and it is it's that global reach it's that you know there's definitely um real tangible benefits to it mm. and if the production is better i think you know but i no i to be honest i if it was like do you want to do a live stream on your phone in your bedroom i'd or like come and play at this bar yeah yeah you know i'd, I'd oh yeah i definitely don't think there's ever 
people wanting to swap entirely but I guess no, maybe as yeah. a thing alongside yeah. when you're trying to reach out to a lot of people and yeah no I definitely consider it yeah yeah so we're going to hear a track from you now um, and this track is called For Any Man which is actually going to be on instalment two of yeah. the album isn't part it two. part yeah, two yeah, yeah. yeah exactly so tell us a bit about this track um, so For Any Man is um, a breakup song and it's sort of the process of untangling from someone and finding your power in yourself again you know that sort of the chorus goes you know I won't break even for you and you're so beautiful but you know I won't change for any man and it's sort of yeah it was it was speaking of therapeutic songs it was uh you know what I needed to hear yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I wrote it yeah and do you find that you sometimes take encouragement from your own lyrics, sort oh, of, yeah. you know, six months, a year later on, you'll be like, yeah, I needed to hear that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that's sort yeah. of, it's not conscious all the time yeah. when in, in the writing process, but that's um, often what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, it's kind of speaking to myself, myself a little pep talk. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you're not listening So like you to miss the point My words are wasted on you And you're twisting the details Refusing to evolve They're wasted on you, but it's you and your beautiful. But I won't break for any man, even you, even you, and you're so Space to breathe, space to breathe 
space from you Even you and your beautiful But I won't break for any man Even you, even you And you're so for sessions with Alan Joyce. So let's go on to live gigs then. We've talked about the Facebook live gigs, but, mm-hmm. you know, this is the live live gigs. The live live. Um, the live live. And we had a chat um, not so long ago with uh, an artist called Phil Maguire, who yeah. I know that you've worked with before, yeah. haven't you? And he's done so many live gigs. He's played probably just about every pub in London at some point, I think. But tell us about, for you personally, what, what is some of your experience of what makes a perfect gig for you? Ooh. Um, well... The obvious one is uh, a really attentive audience. Mm. Um, there are some places, we were speaking about this earlier, where it's it's sort of, um, you know, the, the venue has a reputation for being somewhere that you kind of go and, and um, listen really closely and, and the hosts there are very good at encouraging people to be quiet mm. and pay attention. Um but I guess just what makes a good gig is good sound. Christ, that's really important and not a given. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so like a a good sound man that's like, you know, at the desk looking at you, ready to yeah. <laughs> step in if something goes awry. Um, attentive audience and... Now you say that with a look on your face like you've had a few experiences yeah. otherwise. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I won't go into them but no, it's, but, it, but it's, it's it's part of the course isn't it yeah, you know you yeah. just um and it is good experience in that like in that way like bad gigs are often more uh useful right. is, well, useful is that <laughs> i don't know but just like like i feel like i'm a better performer because sometimes you just have to keep going yeah yeah <laughs> and you just you know that it's kind like, of falling apart if a string but, breaks or something like that if a string yeah. breaks as it did today <laughs> yeah my string broke yeah. <laughs> but not that you'll tell from when you listen to the songs well, like, they, sound, they sounded brilliant yeah, yeah thank exactly. you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean any particular gig highlights that you've had would you say what, what one stands out for you of the ones that you played um, well I played my first festival this June wow. so this month yeah, yeah. Um, and that was it's a festival called Meadows in the Mountains yeah and it's literally on top of a mountain wow. in Bulgaria. Wow. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I played on the main stage there um, at like two in the afternoon. So yeah. a lot of people were just starting their day, yeah. <laughs> kind of crawling out of their tents <laughs> and getting a bit of food. And um, I had so many people come up to me being like, we just wept because I think they were quite yeah. fragile yeah. from staying up the night before yeah. and coming down or <laughs> various things. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was, speaking of good sound, that was just... Oh, such an incredible experience. Um, I could hear my voice bouncing off the mm, mountains coming mm, back to me. And mm, wow. A friend was walking through the festival. He was he was running late. And um, 
just started filming his walk because yeah. you could hear me like crystal clear yeah. I know across the festival and apparently you could hear it on all the campsites and that was that was really special um I'm very grateful to have had my first festival experience there uh also Union Chapel I played um I entered this new voices competition um and you were one of the winners games. you yeah. should say as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so there were the prize was for five I think it was five or six of us to um, open for a poet called Sophia Tucker and, um, yeah, got to play three songs at the Union Chapel, which That's was just, amazing. you know, I've I've been to a lot of gigs there. Um, I saw Frazee Ford there like a month before. Mm. Um, so to be on that stage was just, yeah. And I wasn't that scared. It's strange. Really? I was nervous before, but as soon as I was out there, I was like... No, I got this. Long yeah, 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 yeah. So in a dream scenario, if you could imagine having one person in the audience that would come up to you and say, come and play live with me, like, <laughs> who would be your dream collaboration live that you would have come Oh, my God, see? there's so many people. But my mind went straight to um, Guy Garvey. <laughs> oh, OK. <laughs> because I love his show on Six Music, um, the finest hour on yeah. Sunday. Yeah, I think he's a he's a beautiful songwriter, and um, I don't love all of Elbow's stuff, but I can definitely appreciate. Yeah. Um, and his his voice is gorgeous, and I think he seems like a lovely bloke, and I'd love to be on his show. That yeah. is like dreams. Yeah. Um, Actually, yeah, I've with all the orchestra and everything. Oh, uh, really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I had never heard anything back. But all I right. just like, we'll, we'll just keep tagging him until he takes yeah. notice. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just because he's got a sort of Guy Garvey recommends bit, <laughs> and it's like, if you know anyone, so. <laughs> and I'm like, hi, Guy. <laughs> yes, we know someone, Guy. <laughs> um, so that would be cool. But also, um, I mean, tons of people like uh, Laura Marling. I've always been like hugely inspired by and she lives in Hackney as well and mm. I've seen her with my eyes a few times <laughs> and um you haven't been stalking her no you? I haven't been stalking <laughs> her but also it was in lockdown as well I saw her in um Abney Park Cemetery which is a really lovely place to right. go walking and um I just sort of like I was like oh I didn't really know what to say yeah. and let her pass on and then called my sister and just like not ashamed to say it cried I was so emotional <laughs> yeah. um and then I've seen her again uh, at a gig and got to talk to her. And I, I ended up telling her that I was an amazing fan rather than you're amazing. I'm a massive <laughs> fan. I was like, I'm an amazing fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd love her to hear my songs and and tell me what she thought. <laughs> right. We'll tag her in as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Um, and in this dream scenario, then imagine you were on stage with either of these two artists. Yeah. And you could have a dream rider. Dream Rider. Dream Rider. What what would you have as your luxury Ooh. your luxury item backstage waiting for you before or after the gig? Is it just one item? Oh, okay. I mean, go for it. Then. Oh, no, oh, no, no. You've clearly no. got a list. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, really nice tea. Yeah. Because that's, like, a little ritual yeah. before the show. Have, like, a, you know. But then also some, uh, I don't know, like a meze platter. Oh, I could right, go yeah. for, yeah. yeah. Like... Yeah. You know, just like little little bits. Fair enough. Everybody feeds and eats well, and then some beer. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. good. That's, yeah, that's, I'm not. It's not that's high pretty standards. easy. No, yeah. exactly. That's fairly no maintenance. I'll say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, considering maybe. you could have anything. Oh God, maybe that was a bit safe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, high. I'm a simple. I'm a simple girl. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Give me so, a mezze and a yeah. cup of tea. 
So in terms of what happens next, obviously we've got the gig coming up, as you mentioned, on the 29th of September. Yeah. Um, and then the album obviously being released, mm -hmm. which we'll, uh, which we're really looking forward to hearing the rest of the tracks of that. Thank so you. can't yeah. wait to hear more. Um, so if people want to keep up to date with what you're doing, where can they find out more? Um, I'm probably most active in terms of social media on Instagram. Um, so you can follow me there. I post about gigs and release news and things like that. Um, I'm also building a newsletter. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. it's a, uh, yeah, I've been told it's a very good way of sort of yeah. um, targeting people. And so, yeah, um, I'll have a thing on my Instagram page where you can put in your email address. Um, yeah, we look forward to that. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah. I'll get yours. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. I'm, I'm on the list. Okay, <laughs> yeah, good. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> I look forward to that. Brilliant. Well, um, we're going to hear one more track from you then, okay. um, which is another track from Chapter One yeah. of the album, um, which is called He Moves Me. Mm -hmm. So tell us about this one. He Moves Me um, is quite a sassy song. On the record, we sort of leaned into like the Latin vibes mm. um, with the instrumentation, um, Spanishy sort of guitar and... Um, like a really sassy beat, um, which Fabs is brilliant at. And yeah, it's sort of, um, I don't know, being in a situation that you know isn't good for you, but you kind of can't help yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we've all been there. We? <laughs> um, brilliant. Well, thank you, Ella. It's been a real thank pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for, for coming me. down. You're welcome. He tells me that I'm wonderful. So why do I feel cold? His taste for me is insatiable So why is he getting old? Don't get me wrong, he moves me I think it's time spent well But know that he could lose me when I choose to break the spell, break the spell, ah, 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 then he disrobes and we delight In pleasures yet untold No, don't get me wrong He moves me more than I like to tell But to be on his groove, you see Oh, it never ends well It never ends well Shall he seduce me 
just to say fairly well, fairly well. So why is it getting old? 